BCS, we argued who was the best one loss team. And now we're arguing who's the best two loss team. And in this scenario, we're potentially arguing who's the best three loss team. This is the show that replays the should have beens, could have beens, and great what ifs in sports. This is Replay the Down. This is Replay the Down. I'm your host, Tyler Wessel, here with my friend, Nathan Adams. Hey, everyone. Glad to be with you. Our third colleague, Jason, is a little under the weather today, so we will miss him, but look forward to seeing him on our next episodes. This is part two of our college football playoff series. In part one, we discussed the college football playoff. We looked at a couple different scenarios coming up this weekend, and we discussed the pros and the cons of the playoff system and where we think it could be improved. Make sure to check that if you haven't. In this episode, we're going to take a look at the college football playoffs starting in 2014 and consider what things would look like if there were 12 teams in the field every year. Let's get right to it. All right, 2014, first year of the college football playoff. How did it end up? Ohio State made it in as the four seed, ended up running the table of two games, and uh, (laughs) won the title game. Now, that was... That was a little controversial. There was, you know, TCU was was in, and then they didn't have a conference championship game, and they fell out not playing. So it kind of goes back. Is that fair? I think to be consistent, we have to say if you win your conference championship, you're in. Which uh, I think Ohio State won like fifty nine nothing. Yes. Uh, that year, so they ran the table. Uh, but who would have been in in a twelve team playoff? Let's take a look at it. So under the college football playoff system, it would have been Alabama 1, Oregon, Florida State with Jameis and Cook, uh, Ohio State, and then the rest of your field would have been, those would have been your top four with a bye, and then you would have had Baylor as a Big 12 winner, uh, TCU, Mississippi State, Michigan State, Ole Miss, Arizona, Kansas State, and then Boise State would have been 12. We've got Boise State in there. That's kind of when they were they were still up. Yeah. Um, uh, in this scenario, you would have had Baylor, Boise State, TCU, Kansas State, coincidentally, uh, Mississippi State, Arizona, and Michigan State and Ole Miss. Now, if we look at the bowl games, um, you know, we know what happened in the playoff, but if we look at the bowl games, they didn't quite line up the same, but you had uh, TCU blowing out Ole Miss 42-3 to in that Peach Bowl. I think they were a little, little angry they got booted from the playoff. Um, you had Boise State beating the Arizona Wildcats. Uh, you had Georgia Tech in their triple option beating Mississippi State. Michigan State won. It's interesting looking at these games. Like TCU was very good that year. Do you think they could have upset kind of the Ohio State apple cart? Yeah, there seems to be. I think the most obvious choices is that. Baylor and TCU would have one of them would have done something to get to semifinal. I think if we're replaying that down, right, is Baylor knocks off Boise State or TCU knocks off Kansas State, then they knock off either Ohio State or Florida State, respectively, to get to um, the semifinal and maybe into the championship. Would they have gone all the way? I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't advocate probably strong enough. I think Ohio State coming in as the four seed and winning it all that year uh, shows us that they're pretty pretty strong team but i think that maybe it would have upset that apple car that year particularly maybe unlike other years um that we're going to look at here 
is that yes, I think Baylor or TCU clearly was good enough um, to move it on into the next round, uh, past even that opening opening round. So, and I'm looking looking at you, Florida yeah. State. Maybe I'm a little biased there, but Florida State lost to Oregon that year, right? <laughs> Um, bad. They all, they, got they lost badly, right? Yeah, year. and so I yeah. think it's not. It yeah. would not be a surprise. I think the TCU knock off Florida State um, and yeah. advance to that. To that, that have been what the semifinal. And then, and then imagine the Oregon uh, TCU matchup in the semifinal Correct. instead of Oregon Florida State. You, you talk about the offense and whatnot. The kind of that powerhouse. Um, how interesting would that have been? What it could could TCU have knocked Oregon off? I mean, Oregon was very good that year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 even funny, just even eight years later, we forget how good certain teams were. Except us, we always remember how the 2001 Hurricanes were. That's right. But um, I it, I think Baylor would have given Ohio State a run for its money in a first-round game. If you And you talk about they had to play, or not first-round game, but second-round game if Baylor would have, would have beat Boise State. But yeah. um, if you have Baylor playing Ohio State, even if Ohio State wins, then they have to go play Alabama when Alabama's just played in this scenario Ole Miss and Michigan State I think that Baylor-Ohio State game is probably a much more bruising game and that may have given Alabama an advantage to potentially beat Ohio State in their semifinal game because maybe Ohio State's a little more beat up than they would have been in since they had a month off between the season like they did and could prepare for Alabama in that case. So maybe in this scenario, you have Alabama, Oregon or Alabama, TCU, I think potentially. Yeah, for sure. And that's not to say anything of the off the field uh, things that happened as a result of this year, right? This was the year when there wasn't a conference Mm -hmm. championship game for the big 12. And so they went uh, and got, I think, permission to get a Big 12 title game, even though they didn't have at the time. You had to have, I think, 12 teams in your league. Divisions. So they went and got an exemption. Yeah. There's an argument, I think, that uh, you know the American went and added, uh, I think, uh, Navy, so they could be to 12, so they could have a conference championship game with this idea that if we don't have a conference championship, then we're not going to get into the to the field. And so that's how we kind of got into this situation even today where we have you know teams that are in danger of missing the playoff because there's a conference championship game now and it was the opposite at least the thinking was back in 14 um, and that goes back to your your question around realignment and what would have happened uh, or not happened if the field had been expanded and so it's it has had this four team field even more than you know would Baylor or TCU have advanced and gotten themselves into the semifinals to show that they should have been there and I think that's always we always look at this particular first year and say, well, Ohio State won as the four seed, so they got the right team in. Yeah, yeah, maybe, but maybe maybe Florida State or Oregon wasn't the the second or the third or even Alabama, right? Maybe they weren't um, the one, two, or three seeds and it was one of these other teams that got left out. We don't know, um, but I think that's, you know, that's what we're doing, right? And so, yeah, so Ohio State got in, great job to yep. the selection committee for picking Ohio State as one of the top four teams, that doesn't mean that the other teams that weren't in the top four or in the playoffs shouldn't have been in me. Just because you just because the results said you're right doesn't mean you were actually right necessarily. <laughs> well, I mean and and you can argue that anyway. Like great, you got Ohio State into the field, but they ended up winning, so really should they have been the one seed? <laughs> you didn't make them the one seed. Yeah. You made them the yeah. four seed. Yeah, um, exactly. And that's the I think that's we haven't talked about that yet in any of the conversation, but are we trying to 
are we trying to crown the best team for the season or are we trying to crown the or find the best team that's in the field what are we trying to do and those are two those aren't always the same thing and I think that's you know you mentioned in our prep work you know the Giants and Eli Manning coming in and winning as wild card teams twice at nine and seven and so were they the best team all year in the NFL we don't even really ask that question anymore I think in professional sports we just say get into the field and whatever whoever wins that's who's the champion and whether or not they're the best team is irrelevant and I think that's part of our frustration even today with the 14 playoff is we hear the selection committee always bending over back like we think they're the best team or they they pass the eye test well like do we want the best yeah. team or do we want the teams that get rid have of the eye test those, right um and so I I think I that's the most different. deserving team well, and that's even, that's pretty relative as well, but <laughs> we want the teams that... Most deserving on the field. On the field. On the field. Yes. Like I said, like going back to the, the, the Miracle on Ice, like the U.S. probably loses that game. I mean, they, they got crushed by them early, the right. Soviets earlier uh, in, in that year. And so like they probably lose nine, 10 of those games, but it's that one game that matters. And that's why I love sports is because that one game, absolutely, you can get a huge upset yeah. and... And that's why I, I'm not about the eye test because it, it just creates too much bias. So um, let's go to How about 2015. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to our next season. So I'm going to loop 2015 and 2016 into one here, actually, because um, both years, that's when we had the back to back Clemson Alabama matchups in the championship games. And I think both those years, those two teams were clearly the top two. And fairly dominant and i'm not sure in those cases a 12 team playoff would have really changed much but let's just look at the lineups just for for lineup sake so you would have had clemson alabama michigan state oklahoma as your top four and then the rest of your field would have been iowa stanford winning their conference ohio state notre dame florida state north carolina makes it that year under larry fedora uh tcu again w- once in once again and houston would have been in that year as a conference winner. And this is where I love like getting that that uh that 12 seed and 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 probably in this scenario again Houston's 12, but what I what I really think is interesting is you look at like TCU in the playoff back-to-back years. You look at recruiting, yes. you look the way recruits think and they want to go to the winning teams. It's why Alabama and Clemson, Ohio State like they always get a lot of the top recruits. Yes. One of many reasons, but um but part of it's NFL, part of it's other stuff. But um if TCU's in back-to-back years here, how does that change yeah. the perception of them Absolutely. as a team? And do, do they get more teams? Do they get looked at by other conferences? Do they strengthen the Big 12 so that Oklahoma and Texas don't want to leave? That's right. I was going to say, I have to imagine that, not that we're super concerned about how coaches feel, but I got to imagine coaches and athletic directors and even universities, right? Are gonna you know, would love an expanded field because now you have a different benchmark. So now, yes, Gary Patterson at TCU yeah. during those years is saying, "I made the field yeah. two years in a row, right?" Um, and come here, and yeah. you can come be a part of this. And you know, he's mentioned Fedora at North Carolina, like saying, "Yep, I've been in the I've been in the playoff, right?" We see this. You know, we've talked about this with with the Hurricanes and basketball. Like the Elite Eight means something at the University of Miami. It's something that had been done. Coach L and that team mm-hmm. for forever. Probably, unfortunately, unless some lightning strikes again, right? Yeah. Are going to be like, we made it to the Elite Eight that time. That means something. And I think 
in a sport that has 130 plus teams, we need to recognize that maybe not everybody's going to be able to win the national championship, but you can get to the playoff. You can win your division if those exist. You can win your conference. You can get to the playoff. You can get various rounds of the playoff. And yes, not everyone. There's one team. Tyler, you have to hear me make this argument all the time. But there's one yep. team that's going to be the winner. But there are other ways. And no, this isn't just participation. But there's this saying, hey, we're Vanderbilt, right? Which is probably the one team. If you do some, when you do a little research, that isn't really impacted by any of these twelve team fields. <laughs> but. We're Vanderbilt. When we make the playoff, There's it will chance. be, and they will, they'll make it at some point. They have had a, a decent end to the season, even this year, with some good quality wins. I think over who was that over Kentucky and uh, I forget the other uh, team. Um, but there is something that's like that means something. Like you're saying, Houston being in there in 2015 means something for that program, um, something for their fans. So in 2015, I don't know that. I, I, expanded playoff changes the result i think clemson alabama were clearly the top two and they had a great title game there and they did it in 2016 as well but it could have changed like you said perception benchmarks success recruiting realignment um in that scenario if other teams are a little more successful but i want to go to 2016 kind of similar year alabama it was the rematch where clemson won at the end but in that scenario of alabama clemson washington penn state uh, and then the rest of the field would have been Ohio State, Michigan, with both those teams. Could you imagine them playing in a? I mean, that game's already big enough. Hosting. Imagine putting them in a now college hosting football playoff though, game. in this scenario, yeah. right? Back to yeah, the big yeah, house, yeah. back to the horseshoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oklahoma at seven, Wisconsin. So you would have Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, and Wisconsin all in 2016, yeah. which would be kind of awesome too. USC in that year, Colorado. You know, Colorado you look at them. Gets in. Yeah. A little side note. Is Deion Sanders going to go to Colorado? Yeah, right. Could be very well, interesting. Florida State back in, and then Western Michigan. Michigan. Is your I feel yeah. bad we always put the. Yeah, but I think that's where I think Western Michigan, especially that team, that was, was that a Fleck team? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like the Row the Boat team, right? Um, like they would be ecstatic to be in the field and would have given, I don't know that they would beat Ohio State that year, but they would have given Ohio State, I think, a good team. Um, I mean, a good game rather and it would have been fun and entertaining right don't we all yeah. want to see at least even if it's a quarter or two like yeah. we want to see like if that happens and I think what I love about all of these is you know we, maybe we get to the semifinal and they're not super competitive but right now the semifinals in the four-team field oftentimes are just snooze fests we saw that last year I think with Cincinnati taking yeah. on Alabama yep. it was great that they were there and they deserved to be there but it wasn't very entertaining uh, Cincinnati would have instead hosted again that that five twelve game probably would have been more entertaining. I think we have a better chance in the certainly in the first round. Like these matchups just sound exciting. Oklahoma, Colorado that year, Wisconsin, yeah. USC. Like that's sure. gonna there's gonna be great games. I think. And then I think even that second round matchups. Um, so we're talking about Ohio State or Western Michigan playing Penn State. Like that would have been great. Michigan. Yeah. Uh, or Florida State awesome. taking on Washington. Like, this is great. And so, is it going to be chalky? Like, yeah, more often than not, I think we're still going to have chalk, but I think we're going to have longer possibility. And the more games, the more probability there is for upsets to occur and for teams that normally wouldn't be in Absolutely. the semifinals and maybe even yeah. the final. Right? Butler, I think, is a great example of this. Those years that, that Butler made it to the national championship and that. 
that ball rimming out. Oh, and they almost won. But like, it, yeah. that was so entertaining um, and, and so fun and tells other teams and I think other universities, hey, you can be like Butler, you can be like Gonzaga in basketball. Like there's a lot of work obviously to do that. We want to mention St. Peter's last year and the run that they even went on. But yeah, I, I don't know if any of those results changed, Tyler. Do you think anything changes that year? I think, I think it, again, it, it creates some more excitement. I think, uh, I, I like I said, I think both those years, Clemson, Alabama were clearly the top two and, and the championship games echoed that as well. Um, they were very good. I mean, that was it that 2016 where Clemson went in with like two seconds left, you know, and, and Watson hit his man in the corner. You, you talk about those first round games. And then I, th- I think the second round games are probably a lot better too. Maybe not necessarily the one eight, but if you get a Penn state, Ohio state at your four or five Clemson, Oklahoma would, would be much more interesting games. Cause that's when Lincoln Riley was there and you're, you're really having much more interesting games. I, I think maybe that's one where Oklahoma could have, of giving Clemson a game that that's maybe, sure. but I think Clemson was still clearly and they, and they won that year. 2017. All right. This is an easy one. This is a national championship. This UFC is the year Miami would have made the playoff. UFC Knights though, right? <laughs> national champions there. Is that this year? Yeah. Scott Frost's team? Yeah. 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 But this is clearly the year Miami would have won a championship because that's the year they were. No, that's for having. Yes. Uh, yeah. This this was our turnover chain year. It's the one time we've been good in the last I don't know, 15 Except years. So we got so, smoked um, in the so, ACC championship. And then I think it was Wisconsin s- that beat us up in the Orange Bowl, right? Yeah. Oh, but details. It details. is true. Sorry. On our home field. Yeah. On our home field. I will say, I will say, we still probably would have lost to Clemson, but we did have our starting tight end, our number one receiver, and I think our starting running back all injured at the end of the year when we lost uh, those last few. So. That makes a little bit of a difference. It makes a difference, but I think even more, uh, what we haven't talked about in any of these discussions is we did mention that the bowl game, the bowl system does seem to be like it's still going to exist, especially for at least the first two years and that I think the second round games and semifinals and national championship will be incorporated into those bowl games. What we haven't mentioned, and I don't know how you feel, Tyler, is like, I don't care about the New Year's Six Bowls unless Miami, you know, the team that I yeah. root for is in it. And yeah. so who's watching the Orange Bowl? Who's watching the Fiesta and the Sugar and others when it isn't part of the 14 playoff? This fixes that. I think also what it, I hope would fix is, you know, the teams that are even in those New Year's Six Bowls oftentimes have players that are opting out of playing in those bowl games. Not, not playing anymore. Yeah, and so yeah. I... I I hope that that would not be the case. If I'm in a 12 team field, then I'm gonna, you know, I'm not gonna opt out of playing in that playoff game. And so now suddenly your Orange yeah. Bowl, your Fiesta, your Sugar, those bowl, Cotton Bowl, those matter now, even when they're not, yep. because they're part of the system. And so you've got another eight teams that are gonna be playing. I think Mac Brown said this when they were talking about before they announced the expansion. Um, I He was like, we gotta figure out a way to get kids from not opting out because it started with was it uh mccaffrey, McCaffrey you know Stanford, you yeah. know back yeah. he's sitting out at stanford and and whatnot to to keep him healthy and it's just kind of you know snowballed from there um and like you said like bowl games just aren't that interesting anymore it's just really sad yeah is kenny um, is kenny Pickett so yeah not sitting is kenny pickett sitting out from last year's was it the orange bowl 
when Pitt won, uh, you know, the ACC championship last year, is, is he sitting out and not going to the playoff um, in a 12-team field? And, and and who knows, right? We can't say what he needs to do or wants yeah. to do, but my guess is no, he's going to go play that game for Pitt. Um, I would agree, but in that scenario where that happens, it gives those underdogs a chance. That's maybe true as some well. Of the bigger teams. Yeah, I have guys have guys sitting out, so that that's definitely interesting as well. But yeah, 2017, um, Clemson, Oklahoma, Georgia, and Ohio State would have been your top. Um, Alabama did not win their conference that year, but this was the year Alabama still made the playoff and ended up winning the playoff as well. Alabama, Wisconsin, Auburn. Let's put Alabama and Auburn against each other in the playoff. How great would that be? Fine. USC again, back to back years. How does that change with USC in a couple years um, before Lincoln Riley arrives? Uh, Penn State, Miami, Washington, and UCF. So in this scenario, you would have had Ohio State playing the Alabama UCF winner. Uh, you know, UCF was talking pretty big that year, yeah. especially after they they beat Auburn in a bowl game. Let's see how you do against Alabama. That's right. It, and then potentially Ohio State if you beat Alabama. I mean, that that's where the measuring stick comes in. You would have had Georgia playing the Wisconsin-Washington winner, Oklahoma playing the Auburn-Miami winner, and then Clemson playing the USC-Penn State winner. Which of those matchups would have been most interesting? I think the USC uh, UCF... Alabama game would have been really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody would have wanted to see that. I mean, I think we got a version of that last year um, with Alabama, Cincinnati, but I think that particular in 17, that's what we, I think that would have been the intriguing one. Uh, UCF undefeated right that year in 17, or was that in 18 when they went undefeated? Yep. Yeah, so seeing like, okay, you've been talking this big game. You've been doing a lot of talking. You've been doing a lot of chirping, so let's go see what you can do, right? yeah, that would have been now. Now UCF. So that year was when UCF Scott Frost. They went undefeated before Frost left for Nebraska. Um, they beat Alabama's rival Al- Auburn in the bowl game. Granted, Auburn had some guys sitting, like we were just talking about. Um, so yeah, Scott Frost versus Bama with that undefeated team. That would have been an intriguing matchup. And anyone who says don't put that matchup doesn't know football because that would have been interesting. And who knows? Maybe it would have been a blowout. But at least we know at that point, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I'd want to see that. I think most of us would want to see that. I, I want to see yeah. this year Tulane but play. Clearly my, Miami would have won the championship that year. So, Oh, no. clearly. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> no. 2018, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio, Oklahoma, Ohio State is your top four. Notre Dame is back in the field here with Georgia, Michigan, UCF once again would be in. Again, what does that do for their recruiting? Washington, University of Florida's in that year. LSU's in that year, and again, Penn State. I mean, and this I, is the first year we have a group of five school not as the 12 seed. Does that make a difference? So UCF is there as the eight seed rather than a 12 seed. In which case, they have a home game. They're home. Yeah, that's right. Which we were talking about. The bounce house against right? Washington. Yeah, I think that would be absolutely would make a difference. Washington now, coming if they win that game again, they go to Alabama. Country, right? <laughs> well, yes. And so we get that matchup from last year with some familiarity and play. I mean, that's part of also what this helps create is some matchups, some new rivals. Um, oh, we have to see you again. I do have a buddy who's a Wisconsin fan. I always joke with him. We keep playing Wisconsin and they cream in us in these playoff game or in these bowl games recently. <laughs> but yeah, you'd have yeah. a UCF potentially then going back and playing Alabama, um, maybe having gotten smoked the previous year or maybe somehow pulling an upset. Again, that'd be really intriguing. Absolutely. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, in this in this scenario, you got Ohio State playing Notre Dame, Penn State. All th- regardless of the who wins that game, that's a that's an intriguing matchup in the second round. Um, you have Oklahoma playing Georgia, LSU, Clemson playing Michigan, Florida, and Alabama playing UCF, Washington. So that was the year Tua and the high flying tide came in, and Clemson came in and was basically had figured them out and and whooped them. So. Again, I think you're probably looking at these two teams being being the clear winners. I'm not sure the result changes a lot, um, but how does Tua perform? Because he has shown since then he's and and, and part of this is the injury he had the following season, but he's kind of shown he's a little bit injury prone, um, a little lighter frame, so. Would playing a three-game playoff, yeah. would he have been in the championship game at this point? I, I mean, more than likely, yes. But um, you can't take you can't take injuries as a f- out as a factor out of this scenario because injuries no. will happen in a twelve-team playoff. That totally changed the scenario. Absolutely, yeah. And we see that we've mentioned the NFL several times. We know that you know the year yeah. that the Bucks one a couple of years ago that's one of the things people said all the time was they were the healthiest team at the end of the season and oftentimes we hear that mm-hmm. with in the nfl is who who can stay that's usually healthy. what happened yeah um and so i do think we all you know we haven't talked about player safety or any of those type of issues which i think most folks have moved maybe not moved on but i think most folks have said the playoffs happening and so we'll figure it out but i do you're right injuries will play a key as we move forward for sure <laughs> 2019, uh, I think LSU was far and away the best team. Oh that yeah, year. 19. Uh, yes. Clemson gave them. Clemson gave them a little bit of a game uh, in the first half of that game. I think if I remember right, but they, you know, LSU. That's Burrow's team, right? They were just yeah. so good. They were really um, great. Yeah, that was Bur- Burrow's team. I mean, you talk about. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase as yes. your receivers. And you look at what those guys are doing in the NFL right now. And yeah. I love that Jefferson's a Viking. But um, that was a very good team. I think that team is in that conversation with, you know, the 2001 Miami Hurricanes. You know, some of these probably yes. the, the 2020 yeah. Alabama. Some yeah. of the best teams some of, those of USC all time teams. Uh, type, yeah. type games. So um, just from the level of talent on, on the roster, not necessarily even just the undefeated. Because there's been undefeated champions talking about level of talent you look what burrow and chase and jefferson and all these guys are doing in the nfl now yeah so it'd be lsu ohio state clemson oklahoma and then your five six seven eight are georgia oregon baylor's back in wisconsin uh then we have florida penn state utah's back in and then we have a new group of five team i think winning the american that year was memphis and so again i think he skipped over wisconsin 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 is the eight seed yeah so how does that change yeah. perception of those programs? What is, you know, what is the hope that's created by being able to participate in this playoff? I think LSU, you know, I have all these teams that are in the college football era uh, with respect to Alabama and respect to Trevor Lawrence and the Clemson teams, like that LSU team, I think is still winning, whatever the bracket looks like. Um, they were just so talented yeah. and, and so good. But, you know, before we get there, we've got some, we've got some fun matches, some fun matchups. Um, yeah. So I, I always want to be rooting for that, that Memphis team, uh, that 12 seed yeah. or whatever that group of five team is. Do they have a shot against Georgia? I don't know. 
Well, and you talk about, again, like, r- ripple effects. Mike Norvell at, yes. at uh, Memphis making the playoff. Does he stick around longer? How does that uh, change yeah. Florida State's history? Or is Jimbo still around in Florida State? Because they made the playoff a few years. The counter-argument to that ripple effect, which I think is pretty, I, I you know, disappointing to say like it's kind of a it's messed up let's just call it what it is is ed orgeron <laughs> wins a national championship in 2019 and then is pushed out in just a couple of seasons at lsu sure um like whoa wait yeah. a minute um to to yes i realize as a miami fan i realize it takes time to build but like dang talk about short-term memory yeah. um so maybe yes. it isn't maybe we're yeah. fooling ourselves living in a different reality of uh, oh, so and so made the playoff, and they're going to be able to last a little longer or be able to recruit a little longer. I do think it will have an impact, though. I think at a school like Memphis, you probably stick around a little longer. And like you said, like it's a different bar, so it's not you need to win a championship at Memphis, but it's can you make the playoff at Memphis and and maybe upset uh uh you know higher higher seated team. So in that case, um, could Memphis beat a Georgia? Now this was right before Georgia really started taking yeah. off with their def- dominant defenses. So um, that's that's interesting. I don't know. And then you got Memphis and Oklahoma, and you talk about Riley versus Norvell and those offenses going head-to-head in the second round if, if Memphis were to upset Georgia. Like, that's a really entertaining game potentially as well. Um, abs- absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but you talk about, like, Oregon's in, in this case. Does Mario Cristobal... Yeah. come to Miami if he's winning you know I, I think maybe in that case just because it's his alma mater I think yes he eventually does but you talk about some of these things where like if, if someone's successful in the playoff they're more likely more, not saying they will but maybe more likely to Seems stay like more likely less to likely stay. to bounce yes and players as well right? we haven't even talked about NIL we haven't talked about the transfer portal you know if there's a path to um, you know getting some great NIL deals at some of these smaller schools or at least some of these smaller conference schools or if there's a, a path, you know, you know, maybe folks aren't transferring as quickly, right? I don't know necessarily that folks are yeah. transferring so they can go win a national championship. I'm sure that some folks want to do that, get more exposure. Um, but, you know, how does that play into all of this? I think part of it is you just got to rec- recognize that coaches are staying or not staying for all types of different reasons. I think Lincoln Riley versus Luke Fickle are examples of that, right? The idea that Riley left what seemed like a pretty good place, or maybe the same example, right? They're both leaving the Big 12, sorry, Big 12, to go to the eventually Big 10 schools. I don't know that Riley, I don't think he was aware of that move when he yeah, took that job I saying, last he year. he made that move. But, <laughs> um, but seemingly the idea, I'm going to go, you know, in Riley's case, to a different place, maybe a little easier to win versus staying there fickle going to a harder place to win you know i think it just depends on what the reality you know there's a joke that mark stoops has the best job in all of college football because he's at kentucky and as long as they go eight and four he's thought of as the the greatest ever coach and he can just go eight and four every year and everyone's happy if he gets that nine or ten win season people are going to go crazy he loses you know wins five or six and so i part of that is just you know that is a recognition of who the coach is, where they're coaching, and programs knowing that and know and being aware of that. But I do think it, your statement of it at least makes it more realistic that some of these schools are going to be able to hang yeah. on to their coaches. Um, it gives you pause before you make the move. I think it does absolutely. Twenty twenty 
this was the year Alabama, I think, was by far, they were just a monster and they, they just kind of cruised through through uh, and, and dominated Ohio State in the championship. But the, the thing I want to talk about here, so you would have Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, which here's an issue with the, one of my issues is you're seeing some of these top, even more so, I think, than you would uh, within, in the current format. You're going to see the same teams kind of over and over. I don't know that you will, though, because those are cha- conference champions. So Ohio State's not going to be there this yeah. year if we're doing that, right? Alabama's not going to be there. Yeah. Uh, Georgia will be there. Although this year it would be, well, all the top four, if they win, obviously, are going to be conference champions. But if one of those slips up, then it would be, it might be Clemson would be the highest conference, that four seed um, for twenty yeah. for this current year, right? And so yeah. I... I think that there's more possibility that the top four seeds are going to be a little more varied um, because Alabama is not no, I would going agree with, to win. I would agree with that matter. Yeah. I, I would absolutely agree with that. But my thing is because you have six, unless, unless you change it to the 10 like we talked about, sure. if you have six at largest, Alabama is going to be in every year almost. Ohio State is going to be in every year almost. Because of the like, biases, you're which going is what to get you've this said, chunk, yes. chunk of, yeah, you're going to have this chunk of five or six teams that are going to be in every year no matter what and to me that's problematic if you went to 10 conference winners and two at large that makes it a lot more interesting to me um for sure except i still think you're gonna get alabama every year or georgia every like i still think then it's just like uh, maybe yeah yeah Yeah. at least there's some variety Uh, in the bottom three or four at large teams we can hope yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. what i want to talk about this time is this is the year notre dame made the playoff recently and in this scenario, they're not a top four team. They're in. They're in at large. They will never be a top four seed in the current format or in the new format. Does something like this eventually force Notre Dame? Yeah. Would would something like does something like this eventually force Notre Dame into a conference because they're tired of playing? My two cents would be as long as they have the ability to host, which I which they would as a five five through eight seed, right? Yeah. They'll get a home game. Yeah. My guess is as long yeah. as that provision is in there, that they they'll sacrifice not being a top four. A buy. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean that yep. buy is awfully good though. You get rest. You can scout. You you not. Yeah. I mean it's it would be interesting to see how that. I I think eventually you might see Notre Dame join a conference. We'll see, but. Uh, in 2020, Alabama would have run away, but let's look at it. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Texas A&M, Florida, Cincinnati. So this would have been two years in a row Cincinnati's mm-hmm. in. Georgia, Iowa State, which would have been great. Having You're talking about Cincinnati and Ohio, Iowa State, Indiana, Indiana. and Coastal Carolina. That's right. You, yeah. All right, let's look, let's look back here. From, from 8 to 12, Cincinnati, Georgia, Iowa State, Indiana, Coastal Carolina. And to me, that's a that's, that's fantastic. That's mic drop. Let's go. Like none of them might win a game. That's right. <laughs> but, but it's interesting because because you very well might end up having Notre Dame, Texas A&M, Florida, and Georgia. Or even A&M. That first like round A&M game. hasn't and, you been, know, it hasn't been in the, yeah. the top four, right? This is their first appearance, I think. Absolutely. In the um, and Notre Dame hasn't exactly looked good in the playoff when they've been in. They have not at all, which is a whole so, other conversation on yeah. why they get special treatment <laughs> and have a seat at the table in the same way that a cold conference does. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And, the, and in a way that um, 
group of five schools, in my opinion, do not, right? They're competing 60 to 70 teams for one slot, whereas Notre Dame, you know, is able to be at the table and has a spot. They don't have a guaranteed spot because they don't have a conference champion, but are still there in a way that the group of fives, I think, are not able to be. Yeah. But well, I digress. Um, yeah. I, I'm thinking... But yeah, that, this that field like, would have been way very entertaining. Very entertaining. And even if it went chalk, like you still have Cincinnati, Florida, Texas A&M, and Notre Dame going to the second round. Um, so you're still, again, another year where then this year is unusual. We've got two groups, group of five teams making the field. Um, that might be the first time we've come across that with both Cincinnati and Coastal yeah. uh, being in there. And so even if we go chalk one through eight, we've got a group of five then making that second round. Um, which yeah. I think is great. Absolutely. So 2021, we got Alabama again, Michigan, Cincinnati, Baylor. It looks very similar to last year, but the exception being Baylor being in uh, with a buy instead of Georgia. Georgia doesn't have a buy in this case. So Georgia, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Ole Miss, Oklahoma State, Michigan State, Utah and Pittsburgh and in this case your group of five team gets a buy they're not the 12th seed they get a buy in Cincinnati uh your 12th seed in this is in this scenario is probably Pittsburgh your ACC champ with Utah being your 11th seed the the Pac-12 champ Utah Notre Dame I think is probably a good game and I that'd think the winner game. of that playing Cincinnati yes that'd be a great game both of those games I think would be fantastic Michigan State Ohio State this is where I'm like, do you try to reseed just to avoid? No. Because in this scenario, you would have had Ohio State, Michigan State, play, the winner playing Michigan. <laughs> That's fine. I know. I think the, the okay NCAA that? selection committee considers some of that, but I know that I, I think they don't. There's only so long, so much of that that they do. And I don't think that. No, that's yeah. that feels pretty manipulative, frankly. Like we don't. Then we're worried about matchups <laughs> because they've played already. And no, I think yeah. that's too much. Too much. Yeah. What is what a what if isms, if you will. That's our game here when we play the yeah. down. But that's a little. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> this is an alternate reality. This we'll taking it a little they too would not far. Be that. Yeah, like. But no. could you imagine that though? You have Ohio State, Michigan State, and then the winner playing Michigan. Fantastic. Fantastic. Like, that's Michigan what would, make would this eat that so up, awesome. right? Um, yeah, and the Big Ten, and would then love Ole that. Miss, Oklahoma State, and then Ole Miss, Oklahoma State playing Alabama. Um, yeah. This was obviously last year, and Georgia, Alabama in the championship game, where <sighs> Georgia fans aren't going to like me. I don't know if they pull it off if both their started Alabama's wide receivers are out. Sure, yeah. I don't know. Georgia's defense was legit, one of the best of all time last year. So maybe they would have their dirty match. Uh, played in the in the SEC championship game, but Alabama won that game. So would a rematch with healthy receivers made a difference? I don't know. Um, yeah. Georgia's defense was awfully good last year, and again this yeah. year for sure. Yeah, it's really good. They uh, it'd be interesting this so. year what that that field would look like, um, just because Georgia looks vulnerable. They either are bored or they're vulnerable, and so I don't think there. People will say there's a dominant team this year, and that that's Georgia. I don't know if that's the case. Michigan looked really great, but maybe Ohio State isn't as strong as we thought as well. I think that's be worth, yeah. Um, so there okay. is 
Uh, U- are... USC Georgia would be very interesting in the first yeah, round. Absolutely. Um, would be the first round. So let's talk about it. This year. Let's talk about this year. Obviously, we still have a weekend to play, but you have Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and USC as your top four. And then your next, uh, the rest of your field would have been Alabama, Ohio State, Tennessee, Penn State, Clemson, if they win, Washington, probably a three-loss LSU, which makes me uncomfortable, but whatever. And then the winner of the Tulane UCF AAC championship game. Now, this is assuming all the kind of favorite teams here win Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC, and, and Clemson. Here's my question, because if you look at kind of the, the polls right now, you have Kansas State and Utah. If they lose those games to, if, you know, if Utah lost to USC and Kansas State lost to TCU, do you penalize those teams? Because they, they're all top, you know, in, in the conversation for one of those at large. Do you penalize one of those teams for playing in a championship game and losing to a better team and letting in a three-loss LSU? or Washington, who isn't playing in their conference championship game? Or do you say, before championship weekend, we're locking in these, you know, Yeah, I think I, I would be basically. much, I'd be open to, I think anyway, in that, in that scenario, and it's what's gonna happen, is we have to compare the teams, right? So Washington's got two losses. If uh, Utah, Utah's got three, and I don't know, I'd have to go and check who has beaten who or if they played this year. Um, and so, you know, Washington's lost one less game. So, yes, I think you could make an argument that, and they're and so they're ranked higher anyway right now than Utah is. And so I think that in that argument, you'd say Washington clearly, I think would be more, like what about a team like Fort Lauderdale State that's got three losses isn't going to be in, the conference championship, how do they rank compared to a three loss uh, Utah team that is in their conference championship that will take a fourth loss if they lose to USC? I think that's the argument we were talking about earlier with the top four seeds. I think you, I think, yeah, I don't know that you can lock in. I wouldn't want, then we're just, we're just expanding the field and locking it in in a different way, which I don't think yeah. is any, is any better. <laughs> it doesn't put us in a better situation. Um, I think you'd look and say, yeah, you made the field, you had your shot. I think they're, that's a great question. I don't know. Where do you end on that? I mean, where do you end up on that? Yeah. I mean, and this is, this is the problem with the at large park and the, and the subjectivity and the eye test and whatnot, because you're, you're penalizing teams for making their championship. Like, would it be better for Utah not to be, you know, for Washington to be in instead of Utah? um for for utah's sake uh where they can say well at least we're not going to be like potentially lose a conference championship game I, I mean that's not ideal either um but you're also rewarding utah and or yeah. rewarding washington for not being in the conference championship game and i find that problematic so um yeah teams conferences yeah, have I, got to figure out how to get their best two teams in the conference championship game and I, I think, think I think they're starting to go that way. ACC is getting rid of the divisions. Yeah. yeah. And so like it, it's I think it's heading that way. And the Washington Utah thing is a little they have no divisions um, in the way yeah. the tiebreakers broke. Utah got it. 
Utah's third losses out yep. of conference. And so that's part of this conversation yep. as well is then how, how do you consider out of conference, non-conference games, who you're playing, how does that play into that? Yep. And I think that's where you do have to you know, talk about that and look at the schedule and what happened on the, the field. Um, and just like we have with the men's and women's uh, basketball tournaments and really with every NCAA tournament that has at-larges, there's always going to be, no matter where the cutoff is, there's always going to be teams um, that are left out that feel like they should have got in or, or got in that, that others feel like they shouldn't have. And that's the problem with this sub- subjectivity and where I just wanted to be conference winners because you're going, we, BCS, we argued who was the best one-loss team. And now we're arguing who's the best Two loss team. Two, sure. And in this scenario, we're potentially arguing who's the best three loss team. And if you were to expand to 16, it could be four loss team. I mean, it's just, unless you take it out of subjectivities and biases and committees, like there's always going to be a disagreement. Earn it on the field. Every, Every team has a path at the beginning of the season if you earn it on the field. And there's no inherent bias. Now, the power guys don't want that because they want the Alabamas and the Ohio States and yeah. the Notre Dames. And, but um, I would love to see conference winners. And conference winners completely makes Notre Dame join a conference as well. So um, <laughs> There's that. But, well, I think at the other end of the spectrum, is <laughs> we still have some of the issues. And I know, you know folks aren't as interested in Group of Five stuff. But even this year, you've got uh, UTSA. That only has two losses. It's sitting behind uh, UCF, who just we presume that if UCF upsets, which I think it would be an upset, Tulane uh, is going to get that bid into the New Year Six. Now, again, who really cares about that? I, I don't know. But when we're talking about the highest the rated six, yeah. conference champion, now you're looking at well, why is 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 the American that much more better? You know, is that is it that much better than the Conference USA? And so there is again that bias of well, yeah, you know, Conference USA is this, or MAC is this, or the Mountain West. And again, if we go to expanded conference championship field, you get rid of that. But I do think, you know, in a, again, a, a sport that has 130 plus teams and only a certain amount of spots in its playoff. And we do the same thing in in the basketball, right? There's 300 and something teams in NCAA Division One, and as many as, 64 or 60 is it eight teams feels like a huge number but proportionally someone do the math that's smarter than me that's not that off compared to a 12 team field and there are certainly teams that are like nope i don't have a shot and why you anyway but everybody has access in that system because every conference champion gets in but i don't we're not going to get rid of bias we're just not it's a human it's humans picking (laughs) the system even when it was computers we it's still humans programming the computers with equations and values and things like that at the end of the day. Stupid and stupid out. Well, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think it's better. I'd rather argue about who's the best two or three loss team than this one loss team, or as we saw on the BACS, this undefeated team wasn't even able to make it into the field because it was only two teams. And so I'm all for expansion of the field let's do it let's go Rose Bowl get it together let's make this happen in 24 so that we can get some more fun entertaining teams into the playoff more people uh, involved and rooting longer in the season thanks for joining us today you can follow us at replay the down on Facebook Twitter and Instagram if you haven't subscribed yet make sure to hit that follow button and share it with your friends we want to hear from you 
What if the college football playoff was 12 teams at its inception? That's our show. I'm Tyler. I'm Nathan. And join us next time as we replay the down.